Welcome to Chromecast. Tech it out. Hosted by service-centric, people-first, UK technology consultancy, Chrome Technologies. Welcome to Chromecast. Tech it out. I'm Sam Major, Commercial Director for Chrome Technologies. I'm joined once again by Rupert Mills, my co-founder and CTO of Chrome Technologies. Today, we're discussing vulnerability management and the importance of using proactive tool sets to mitigate the risk around protection of your environment. Mr. Mills, welcome back to the sofa. Good to see you in the office. Yeah, you too. I've been here for a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, I was in here a little while back talking about the importance of strong passwords with Ben. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting just the, some of the data and the statistics we pulled out on that, how scary uh, yeah. the world is right now from kind of cyber challenges and brute force attacks and ransomware and all this sort of scary stuff. And yep. obviously the problem with that one is mainly the person in the chair with the passwords. But clearly there's other types of vulnerabilities that we need to be aware of. Yeah, absolutely. So to kind of throw it straight over to your side of the table. I guess what type of vulnerabilities uh, are there that you know, we as a MSP need to be aware of and our clients need to be aware of? It's hundreds, there's hundreds and hundreds. I think the, the interesting part of what you just said there is actually you need to put the two together. Mm-hmm. So actually when you've got people with password vulnerabilities out there, if their password's locked down to only do certain things or everything's patched as it should be, then generally that'll limit the scope of what an attacker can do with that compromised data. Mm-hmm. The problem is if you get that compromised data and you haven't taken care of the systems over here, okay. then actually you're in a really bad situation. So, so, so mm-hmm. that, yeah, in terms of vulnerabilities, there's... All sorts of things. There's long-term vulnerabilities. There's patching of your infrastructure. There's zero-day vulnerabilities. There's tools out there that will show you this sort of stuff. But if you don't pay attention to it, it's really, really easy to let it fly under the radar and and not realise quite how vulnerable you may be as an organisation. Okay. So if we cut to the chase now, I suppose, <clears throat> and, and, and you know, I'll pretend that I don't know anything about this, and clearly we do. Uh, you know, but we do see the issue being that there are tools out there, really good tools that will practically tell you there are issues. Not just for vulnerability assessment, we use things like PRTG for monitoring. Yeah, and that'll absolutely. kick out a red light saying something's wrong. And we know of people that will ignore that red light and clear that's a problem. And the same with a vulnerability, you know, proactive vulnerability assessment tool. If you're not paying attention to what it's telling you, then again, I guess the human element creates a problem once more. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people out there that have taken on board vulnerability scanners or vulnerability testing platforms and found that they basically are completely overwhelmed with the amount of data it gives them. I was about um, to say, it must be, well, I've seen some of this, yeah. and it, trying to make sense, of, especially as a layperson, but trying to make sense of it, it's an onerous task. Yeah, yeah, it can be. Uh, and, and actually, it can be quite daunting when you first look at it. Part of it is actually understanding how easy the tools are to use and mm-hmm. how quickly you can drill into it, but then the manpower or the systems required to deal with the problems in the back end. So. Um, there's a variety of different options out there, but I mean, it's, it takes some very simple things like doing your patching on your Windows servers. I've created a demo for today just mm-hmm. so we can have a quick look at something. Um, but just patching a Windows server can deal with a vast amount of that vulnerable inf- vulnerability information. But when you start off with it, it can look really daunting. You look at it and think, oh my goodness, I've got all this to deal with. Yep. Um, so yeah, it can, it, can be, it can be scary. The had to eat an elephant yeah, one part absolutely. at a time, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's interesting. There's some things we'll discover, and it was, uh, I forget who it was. One of our guys mentioned, oh, it was it was Jason Wake on mm-hmm. one of our blogs. It was actually the password one, talking about simple things like um, with uh, admin passwords set on things like switches being as basic as admin admin yeah. and people missing that. And obviously that's something that's core in your environment yeah. that's easily missed and overlooked because it's set up quickly, everything works, no one yeah. thinks about it, but that's right in the heart of everything you're doing and is a clear opportunity for someone 
try and do something nefarious. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of the sort of standards for ISO or PCR, or any of the big compliance standards, is to not have any default admin passwords or admin credentials in there. But people don't think about things like that and things like switches. Uh, let's get it moving. Let's get it yeah. working. And plug, plug it in and it works. Or oh, hang on. Actually, it's because it comes with the default configuration. If you never need to change that, you might never change the default admin password. Yeah, and that just sits there as a ticking time bomb as an yeah. open door, essentially. But the same thing with your vulnerability management at that point is that actually patching things like a switch. People will look at a switch and say, oh, it's a switch. It just sits there. Yeah. Actually, if someone can get in at the back end and start taking your data out of that switch because you haven't patched a vulnerability in the firmware, just as valid as putting a Windows update on a Windows machine. It's true. Um, just talking, just made me think of the cadence that, that we recommend. I know we work to certain... As Ben was talking about, it's government guidelines and so on, and this, and that's Cyber Essentials Plus. But yep. just from your perspective and for our audience, very quickly, the cadence that people should look at things like uh, you know, endpoint, server, switch, host, storage, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, it, it varies and it changes depending on the environment you're in and what the change control around it are. But some of the best practices are sort of Windows machines every 14 days, get them patched, get them out there um, at, uh, for critical updates. Things like switches and firewalls, we tend to do, and that's where a vulnerability scan, scanner comes in. We tend to yeah. patch if there's a critical or a high update, and if not, maybe a quarterly patch to get rid of all the medium updates or something like that. Because yeah. um, you don't want to be doing those every five minutes. But if there's a critical vulnerability, you then you want to do it now yeah. because actually, in a week's time, it may be too late yeah i mean it doesn't take very long for someone to actually get in and and do some damage or with you know ransomware and so on they can be sat there doing damage without you knowing yeah. right if you haven't addressed that problem we saw it recently with the um, exchange vulnerabilities that were out there where yeah. basically microsoft found a load of new vulnerabilities in exchange now people who had a vulnerability scanner would have found out about those pretty much immediately because all the vulnerability scanning agents updated to say there's a new vulnerability and when mm. you're looking for exchange look and see if this issue exists and if it does flag it now as critical because it mm. really was critical and actually we were able to get out in front of that with most of our clients and help them patch really yeah. really quickly but some people will have left that completely unknown because if they didn't see the news articles at the time, it'll just sit in the background and they yep. may patch exchange once a quarter or something like that. Or didn't actually pay attention to the, the flashing light saying there's a problem here. Yeah. Again. Um, it's probably a good time to actually show what we use in MSP to support our clients and what we see. Uh, and, and a bit I referred to earlier, kind of the, the information as I saw it, can be, you said it can be quite daunting, but how, how it is displayed, what we look for, and actually how you then manage how we manage our way through that to support our customers. Sure. So I know you've built uh, a couple of Windows 2016 servers yeah. for us. Okay. Do you want to talk to me about what you've done and I guess the difference between A and B and let's dive into the GUI and some of the reporting and you can talk us through, I guess, what we look for, what people should look for. Uh, let's go from there. Sure. So um, there's a bunch of tools out in the marketplace. The big boys out there are people like Rapid7, Qualys, Tenable. Mm-hmm. Um, we tend to use Tenable. Um, they're all good tools uh, having one is much better than not having one yeah. if a customer already has a different one in place we're happy to work with that as well but as a recommendation we tend to use Tenable Tenable have their real time scanning tool uh, which is what we tend to deploy a tool that sits there and, in, and with the exchange update for example the definitions inside Tenable will update and it will flag immediately to you that there is a problem or within the next run through and it runs through your systems in real time so it's always scanning mm-hmm. um, what I've done today is built a demo around their Nessus product so we use the Nessus product to come out and do a one-off assessment for example uh, if we came to your organisation you said like tell us how we look what's the initial shape of it yeah, kind of uh, rag listers yeah rag lister rag list is a really good term because I'll show you the visuals in a minute but that's kind of how it looks um, if they came to us and said, right, show us what you've got um, and where we stand, then we'd build a scan in, ten- in Nessus. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I've did for the point of view of having some demo data 
is I've built two Windows servers this morning. Uh, one, both Windows 2016 servers, completely standard, nothing um, untoward. One's called patched, one's called not patched. Okay. Um, nice and simple. Gives it away. Um, yeah, gives them. it away secretly. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, and what I did was I simply ran all the Windows updates on one. Yeah. So if I show you on the screen what I've done, yeah. essentially, I've built two Windows servers. This one here called patched yep and as you'll see this shows all the windows updates we can see the machine itself here there's its ip address because that will show up in the um yeah. tenable scan in a minute or nessus scan uh, but you can see today i've run all the windows updates on it if we go and look at the alternative this one's brother the unpatched one windows <laughs> updates nothing um yeah. so just to give you a really simple flavor for how this scan will show the difference between if you're doing updates or not and yep. what the vulnerabilities that might be left behind if you don't do updates. Yep. And you can see the different IP address here that shows you um, the different machine that we're looking at in the results. Yep. So if I go to the results of that scan, which are here, you can see imaginatively named podcast scan. That's yep. today. Uh, and the two updates. Now, the first thing you'll see there is straight away yeah. the vulnerabilities. So actually... They're, they're rag listed or color coded. Critical red, high um, priority amber, medium yellow, low green, and informa information only um, blue. So mm -hmm. anything that is red or orange, going back to the conversation you had with Ben, should be dealt with within 14 days if you're going to be um, Cyber Essentials Plus certified. So you can see there by running Windows updates, I've actually dealt with 16 critical vulnerabilities and 67 high vulnerabilities. Yeah just by running Windows updates. But there are a bunch of medium vulnerabilities that are left behind, even yeah. though I've done the updates. So they'd require a bit more work. Okay. Um, but to give you an idea of the sort of thing a basic scan will do, this takes very little time to, um, to configure. If I show you the configuration, there we go, we've got the two target machines that I was scanning, yep. demo scan for podcast. I've given it some credentials in here mm -hmm. to go and look for what it's doing. So it can talk to the Windows servers inside them. That's important because an authenticated scan is so much more detailed than an unauthenticated scan. So to set scan. this up, um, we set this up for one of our customers. Um, is this something we had to put on-premise? Is this from the cloud directed at them? How do we manage that? So there's two different ways to do that. You can scan externally, mm -hmm. looking in, yep. but you'll only ever see what's visible via on the firewall. surface. On the surface, yeah. yeah. So uh, the conversation we've had recently with another client is that, okay, we can certainly do that, but if your firewall's doing its job, it's going to be hiding the fact that you may have vulnerabilities behind, behind the firewall. Okay. Which if someone gets behind the firewall, i.e. they come into your office or something like that. Yeah, or from inside. Kind of. Yep. Yeah. Or they use a weak password from one of your staff yeah. that's, um, yeah. and then use a VPN to come in and they're inside your firewall. There may be vulnerabilities in systems at that point that okay. you're not protecting. So it's worth doing an internal and an external scan. So is that an agent that you would deploy out or is that... How no, it's agentless. Agentless, agentless. Okay. So yeah, it uses various different technologies to talk to underlying sort of WMI, SSH, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to talk to the machines under the okay. scene. Um, so if I drill into this, for example, we can look at those 16 critical vulnerabilities there, yep. and it will show you where they actually come from. And these are the various different updates it recommends that you need to do. Uh, if I look at this one here, Blimey. this particular set of Windows updates is a whole bunch of knowledge base articles which will tell you what each one is. Yep. Now, as you saw, I got rid of most of those by running Windows updates. Yeah. I can go into here, and it will tell me exactly what this particular vulnerability is and exactly using a tool like this, exactly how to solve it. 
So to me, vast amounts of information. I'd say there's a huge solution of information. solution for this: apply security update. Okay. So, so after the long, yep, after the, simple, the okay. vast amount of detail about what it's doing, apply but security it's still, update. I can imagine that we've obviously got two servers here: one healthy, one not healthy, right? Yep. If I've got an environment with three, four hundred. VMs in it. Yeah, this could be a fairly onerous task for someone to yeah. to sit and remediate themselves, which obviously where people like us come into yeah. heavy lifting away. But I can see a tool like this is invaluable to see where do you start. Yeah, so our managed services team will run a tool like this as part of their process to make sure that we're doing our job properly. Yeah. And where you can include the reporting to say, look, actually, here you go, this is before we started, this is after we started. And then on a monthly basis, you'll find actually the number of vulnerabilities will go way down and then they'll spike back up because someone will find a whole new load of new ones and a load of new patches come out. I mean, you know Microsoft, how often they patch. And, yeah. But not just them, Dell with firmware updates, HP with firmware updates, Palo Alto with firewall updates, whoever it may be, yeah. uh, all of those updates, because this is just two Windows servers. I was about to say, you're just mentioning firewalls there, and I'm assuming we can hit access points, firewall switches, storage, yeah. if it's got an IP address. VMware, all of those other things. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much anything out there. And interestingly, you can also hit, this is... This is information technology you can also hit ot stuff which is things in an industrial environment that are maybe running an oil rig or something like that you can scan that sort of stuff as well uh, this okay. traditionally has been a lot more tricky to do yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's one of the reasons we use tenable because they offer that sort of scanning as well and so yeah. in, in an industrial environment you can scan yeah well it fits the control certainly some of our clients as well to have that capability yeah, absolutely but but to be able to go back it also allows us to check our own homework and see that we're doing our job properly yeah. but we'd recommend we can we can do this for people is come in with nessus as a one one off and say okay we can scan your environment and give you an idea of how how well it's looked after and what you're what you're looking well, at i forget some people that's the very least rubber stamp that you've done a great job everything's in in ship shape yep conversely it might be an eye-opener that there's some work to yeah. be done but kind of better to know than not right Absolutely. And the cost of Nessus as a product, as an example, if you want to go and use one of the full, full-blown full products from Tenable, Rapid7, Qualys, any of them, the real-time products that sit there in the background, you can set automation, all sorts of funky tricks in there to make it do its job and help you manage it on a day-to-day basis, they can be more expensive. Mm. But actually, one of the things about Nessus is it's really very cost-effective. It might be a few thousand pounds that gives you the reassurance that you can actually run a point-in-time scan. And yes, it's a bit more manual, it's a bit more clunky, but you can use the tool that I've used here to do a manual check and show you exactly where you stand. Yeah, it's, it's point in time and it's mm-hmm. manual, but, and you can go out and update the definitions. If you see something big on the news, you update the definitions, run it again. Do I have that problem? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah. Um, and, and we can help you set that up, get it up and running, but it's, it's something I'd highly recommend is a, is a good reassurance to all the money you spend on firewalls, antivirus, patch solutions, all those other things. Yeah. This will give you a view of, are they working? Which I guess is, is the most important thing there is because we've seen before, you can invest in whatever technology stack that you want yeah. and you know you can look at the top right hand of Mark Gartner's Magic Quadrant etc etc if they're not set up right then you're going to have a vulnerability and yeah. if you couple that with the human element well, there is always going to be an issue somewhere but I guess having a proactive tool such as Nessus or Tenable whichever it is right fit for the particular client we're talking to at least puts you ahead of that curve of ensuring that you've mitigated and that, let's be honest there's no such thing as perfect uh, and the way you know the cyber attacks and so on get cleverer and cleverer, it'd be foolish of us to say you can create a perfect or infallible yeah. environment. But you can give yourself from the best head start yeah. as possible by using tools. This, but I think it's being proactive bit bit that is really important. And the not, as we've seen, we kind of talk about, we've seen too often. Don't ignore the red bits yeah. and actually either have your own policies, procedures, behaviours to take that into account. Or if you're too busy 
doing the BAU and engage with a good partner that can actually take some of that from you or help you mm. and, and action some of the you know, the red elements on this, which ultimately could be very detrimental reputationally and commercially to a business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, part of the reason for showing the tool is that basically the number of times I've sat down with people and shown them what this will do, and they just go, oh my goodness, that's so simple. Yeah. That makes such a difference. It tells us what we've got to look at. Yes, there's a lot of data in there when you start, but if you get it drilled down into, you can break it up into scans of individual areas or individual technologies or whatever you need, but actually it just gives you a, almost, as you say, a rag list to say, yeah. this is what I need to go fix. Let's go, let's go start on it and, and get involved. Perfect. Excellent. Thank you, Rupert. It's been really interesting. No worries. And thank you for joining us on this edition of Chromecast. Take it out. If there's anything you'd like us to cover on future episodes, then please leave that in the comments section below. Remember to like, comment, subscribe and share. And join us again next time on Chromecast. Take it out. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. For more information or to speak to Chrome, visit www.chrome.co.uk. Spelled K-R-O-M-E. That's chrome.co.uk.